All right, so let's make it plain. Welcome back to the Make It Plain Wayne podcast, where we will entertain, we will heal, and we will build you up. I am Wayne, and this is Elevated Friendship. So for today's topic, I want to talk about OPP. (laughs) Yeah, you know me. (laughs) Now, not OPP like Naughty by Nature. I mean OPP is in our people's praise. Um, You know, we give this up too easy to celebrities, athletes, politicians, and those above us. And we have people in our lives that work hard to earn their place, um, you know, their place in our lives each day. You know, you have mothers, fathers, you know, your boss um, or higher up, you know, from your boss's boss. Uh, your family, you know, you've got people in your family working hard, not just to uh, keep the respect and the, the flow of life underneath and around them, but also they are working for your trust and working for um, not the blood and the respect, but they're working to be valued by you. Then you have your teachers. Now, I'm not saying all these people are perfect, but these people are in your child's life or your life daily. You know, you just think, man, I want to go, you know, get a master's degree or maybe I want an MBA. Like that person that's in front of you, that's leading you, guiding you, whomever it is as a mentor or a leader or a guide, that person is, you know, uh, like the burning bush. They're a guide, you know, to, to, to navigate through so many things that these celebrities, these actors, athletes, all of them, they're not, you know, they're not there, you know. So when you look at um, first responders, for example, first responders, police, firemen, you know, ambulance, um, you know, my, my daughter kind of borrowed this from me. She's only three. But um, she says, I hope, are they okay? She says, are they okay? Because whenever I see an ambulance going anywhere, I'm like, wow, I hope they're all right. And she's like, are they okay? Are they okay? So she says, are they okay? So, you know, you, you don't know how hard they're working or what they've faced or dodged death just to get back to your doorstep to help you. And I mean, and the list goes on. I mean, lawyers, the same thing. You know, you watch the movie Just Mercy or um, the Lincoln Lawyer or uh, To Kill a Mockingbird or what's the movie I'm thinking of? A a, a Time to Kill. That's right. Um, These lawyers that go out and defend our lives and and do the most for us and risk, uh, you know, being killed tortured death threats all this they risk all this for us and then here we you know we want to see beyonce's booty crack <laughs> you know everybody wants to see you know who the who the hot the hottest the sexiest man of the year or um you know most beautiful woman of the year you know we we've got it locked into our heads that these people are so high above us and need to be worshipped and, and all this. And then when you get them behind closed doors in a room, you come to find out all they've had is more time to perfect their craft. And and dozens of people behind a production, a team, 
to, you know, boost, <laughs> boost everything that they're doing on a level that does seem godlike. It is like, you know, the Olympians, like you worship them. So I just got to thinking like, man, you know what? I am down with OPP, our people's praise. Who are your people? You know, like if, if you're talking to like some people and they're at home and, you know, you start bringing up names. It was like, yeah, those are our people. Who are your people? You know, who do you need to lift up? Who do you need to to take care of? Who do you need to bless um, in your own in your own community, in your own family, in your own circle? You know, and, and the reason why I also wanted to put this out there is because it is hard. It is hard to see people supported by people that you love, people that you call your people, our people. It is hard to see them throw it everywhere but you. You know what I mean? It's hard. So if you ever find yourself in that predicament where you're just like, you know what? Like my little brother is like walling out. And like he's always about his friends and this and that. And like I'm pretty sure I just paid for all the the tires on the car, he says is the greatest thing since sliced bread. Or he needed um he needed help finding, you know, some presents for his wife for their wedding anniversary. And you know, he didn't thank me at all. Or, you know, he said that there's nobody better or that understands him more, you know, than me. And I introduced him to his wife, gave them marriage counseling, all this on the side. And he wants this guy that, you know, he likes to smoke weed with to be his best man. Like you feel some kind of way about that. You know what I'm saying? And like when people, not intentionally, okay? Not intentionally. When people almost go out of their way to make sure they highlight somebody else and don't highlight you or the team, you know, anybody you can, you're just sitting there watching like, wow, you just really not going to give them no love. You just really not, you know, sharing the, the, the praise with your cousin or your brother or your sister. And you're watching me like, wow, you, you promote everybody, but your, your wife, you promote everybody, but your husband, you promote everybody, but your mom or your dad, you know, people, you know, can sit back and see that. And if, hey, if you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything good at all, right? <laughs> so that's what really made me want to dig into this is not intentionally. It's not intentional, no. You're not out there disrespecting people, and people aren't out there disrespecting you or your crew or the people in your family or the people that you love. But you see it. And that's the thing. I'm like, how about we just give a little bit more praise to the regular people? I'm not saying you have to stop watching the NBA, stop watching the NFL, uh, uh, you know, stop the, you know, loving the singers and the rappers and the verses and all this stuff. I'm not saying you have to stop that at all. But when you get it twisted and I mean, <laughs> Like what I used to see, I mean, growing up as a kid, the way girls be screaming and crying for Michael Jackson at the front. I mean, it's like, man, like, be careful. Like, 
where <laughs> you're like, man, they're like almost coming out of their clothes, jumping just to get Micah. Micah, just make that change. You know it. You know it. You, 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 you. Oh, you know, and you just watch these videos and. I mean, it's not even the most upbeat songs, and girls are just screaming, crying for Michael Jackson. And, hey, he's dope. You know, I can't take anything away from him. It's, it's kind of like with R. Kelly. Um, with Michael and R. Kelly both, they are so talented. They are so gifted that I won't even act like there's anybody compared to them. They're like GOAT level where no one will ever touch them. Like, it'll have to be another lifetime before somebody even comes close to them. Like who was honestly bigger than James Brown in James Brown's time. Um, and that's, that's kind of the same way that Michael Jackson was in his time and the same way that R Kelly is, you know, in this current era. Um, but like on the personal note, I just, I can't support him. I can't support that. Not the, these stories, they're not as cookie cutter as the whole Bill Cosby thing. That's that's the thing. Like, if you have somebody in your family that's like R. Kelly, like I have somebody in my family that's like R. Kelly, when you have somebody in your family that is just complete poison and they poison people, you don't really care about their accolades and what they do talent wise anymore. It's like, I don't care. Like, if you go damage and hurt people like this is what I'm saying. Let him do something to somebody in your family. Like we had the uh, Weinstein that, you know, that, the you know, he was such a powerful person at Hollywood. Everybody can dance around it when it's not in your family or when it's not in your circle. And here's like the real reality test. If you find out about it and when you do and you do nothing, well, I'm just going to give it to the Lord. I'm just going to pray. Oh, okay. Well, you do know if the police find out about that, you're an accomplice and you go to prison for that, too. For not saying anything. Like that, that's <laughs> so the police, like I said, are people's praise. You give the police, you gotta give them a little bit of praise here because they're the only people that stand in between the the balance system of you know good and bad with the law. So regardless of how you feel about them, when you do need them and when you do call on them and you dial 911, they're there. I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say where they go faster, you know, than than some places, but they're there. And uh so let me come back. Don't hate the player, hate the game, right? That that's what we say. When it comes to actors, they're refining their craft detailed to the character. They get to stop filming. They get to pick it up, stop, pick it up, stop, drop, shut them down, open up shop. They get to redo a scene maybe three or four times. Now, they can redo it three or four times, but as you get better in your career and you become like a Denzel Washington or a Tom Hanks um, or like a Robert Downey Jr., um, Terrence Howard, Don Cheadle, um, you know, a lot of the people in the Marvel cast, um, for Avengers, I mean, they're accomplished, you know, accomplished, great actors. And then you have like these actresses, um, like Lupita Nyong'o, 
I mean, what hasn't she done that she's been good in? And you have people like Viola Davis. Um, what, what, I mean, she's done so many great things. You know, it's like, what hasn't she been great at? And then you have um, people like, uh, like Taraji P. Henson and Victoria Spencer and even Janelle Monet, as gorgeous as she is, um, in uh, Hidden Figures. You know, it's like, oh, I didn't know you could act. <laughs> um, but like these actors and actresses, they hone their craft and they do such an amazing job. Oh, yeah, Angela Bassett. How can I? She's like goat level. Um, they refine their craft and do it so well that the second they show up on the screen, you believe what they've read, okay? <laughs> like, of course, you, like, you've seen their face a billion times, okay? Like, think about this. You've seen their face a billion times. But when they show up on the screen, you believe they are who they've been reading themselves to be. That, that's that reading between the lines type connection. That's that, like, soul connection where they're, Frequency, uh, uh, chakras, Holy Spirit, angel, halo, all of it is just out there, just expressed. And they have millions of dollars to put into special effects. (laughs) And I don't think people understand when I say, like, special effects isn't always like Superman flying around the city and, um, you know what I'm saying, People jumping buildings and throwing lasers out of their eyes and their hands. They have millions of dollars put into special effects, if not on this movie, in the company that supplies the wardrobe, um, the lighting. This is something I learned just in my house. You go to Menards or Lowe's or Home Depot, you can change the whole feel and atmosphere of your home, of your house, just by going and buying new and different lighting. There's blues. It's like more harder blue for a cool tone. And then there's more warm tones, more red like the sun. Now, if I can figure that out just going to Menards, what do you think people can do as a job that do this for a living? And like the, uh, whatchamacallit, the stadium lights, those are those like uh, uh, mega bluish ultra um, LED lights. Like and they keep doing them and redoing them better and better. And I mean, it costs like almost a million dollars to turn them things on. They know what they're doing. So with actors, you can go ahead and worship them and worship what they've done and and say that they're so good at this and so good at that. But they've had millions of dollars put into special effects and then the state of the art equipment, you know, to milk that visual. Uh, sound and marketing aspect that pull in top experiences, you know, and then you have a director. You learn this in theater. If anybody that you ever, uh, if you ever go through theater, anybody that knows this, the director is God. What comes through their mind and their eyes and their ears is ultimately how you will see the movie, how you will see the play, the music video, you know, this is why I, I really feel like they had to stop music videos because they were getting a little bit too good at them. And it was probably getting a little pricey. They were like many movies. Um, so, yeah, uh, the director has producers. 
So not just somebody to 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 aid your vision. You know, it's like a choir director. You you not only are you the choir director, you got musicians, you got a drummer, you got somebody on the keys, somebody on the bass. <laughs> you know, you got like your your bass, your regular guitar, you got like, you know, somebody to play saxophone. They've got various members on their team. And then with athletes, it's it's pretty much the same thing. All of their focus, drive, and determination is giving them a path worthy of respect and entertainment. So the key, uh, the key word is entertainment. <laughs> now, one championship, Super Bowl, or Olympic gold has cured or stopped cancer. So sure, we can donate and fight it, but you know what I mean. And some of these male athletes, I mean, they faced domestic abuse type things their whole career. Or they do it one time and it just chases them their whole career. I'm not going to name names because you, you know who the big names are. But somehow, boy, once they score that touchdown there, you're okay now. Because you can entertain me enough and make me validated with my jersey <laughs> and my team and, and the time I wasted on this team, because you validated that for me, we're okay now, Mr. Abuser, Mr. You know, star athlete. And whether it's true or not, I mean, these guys aren't at Bible study every every night. <laughs> like, that's what's hard as an athlete. You almost, uh, uh, you have the location on your phone now. They're working on something uh, where Apple gives you the ability to timestamp everywhere that you're at now that locations are on your phone. So you can screenshot that, print that off at the end of the day, show people, and um, uh, show your mom. (laughs) Mom, I promise, I was here the whole time. That was my best friend that looked like me at the mall. Um, You know, kids are going to have to do that. But but it is going to be helpful as an alibi, you know, you, we always needed an alibi, but like if you're Snapchat and everything, the IP address is the same, I, I mean, go ahead and try to, you know, accuse that person. Like it, it looks good. But <clears throat> these guys got gambling, pro- gambling problems. Um, They have money management problems. And like, here's the thing. There was a, a, a few guys in a round table just talking about this, how you as an athlete, you haven't had any wealth management classes. You haven't had any financial planning classes. Um, you don't know anyone at Edward Jones. You don't know anyone at Mass Mutual. Um, you don't know anyone that is a financial planner. You know what I mean? That's at Schwab or TD Ameritrade or Fidelity. Um, You know, you don't know any Fortune 500 millionaires or billionaires until you get drafted. You get to shake hands with, you know, um, Arthur Blank or uh, or Kraft, you know, these owners of like, you know, the Falcons and the Patriots and, um, you know, uh, Jerry Jones (laughs) From you know Dallas Cowboys, like you don't know how to manage money. So when your family, oh, actually first you, when you're so excited and you can finally throw money at anything that you want and it sticks, you know it's like if you were in the streets, that money had some blood on it. 
you don't want to throw it too fast because you might get caught. <laughs> you might get in trouble. But for some of these athletes, even if they come from a good home, a humble home where mom and dad is present, when they get that money <laughs> and you start to see that any car you saw in a movie is now yours, you go and buy it, you go and get it, you keep spending and buying and spending and buying. Here's the hard part. Do you keep buying homes? You know, because there is going to come a point where if you do get traded and you aren't franchised uh, to that team, we see this in the NBA and in the NFL. These guys are free agents and they can get traded and go anywhere. So you got to take you. If you got a wife, your wife, if now you've got kids or your girlfriend and your kids, you got to take you and them and move them across the country especially for these guys that were playing in the bubble, it was miserable for their families. Like, just sit there and watch them play basketball in this non-crowd environment. I mean, your kids don't care. Like, anybody that has kids under 12, you know they do not care. They want to play and get on YouTube and watch Ninja Kids and Ryan's World and Descendants and Frozen and all this Disney, PBS, all that. They want to do all that. Um. So, yeah, back to money management, though. Um, Your mom needs money. Let's pay off that house. Your cousin needs money. Let's pay off that house. Your cousin is gambling. He's got a little bit of money problem. He needs a little bit of money. Can you spot him about 20000 You can't say no to your family because they've helped you. Hey, cuz, remember when I bought you them shoes? Hey, cuz, remember I gave you that ride that uh, uh tournament? Hey, cuz, remember I gave you a ride to the... uh. Uh, so the draft day, you know, everybody comes up and starts reminding you of all these things, you know, where they helped you. And it essentially creates one more chain. Now, everybody that you love that's asking you for money is one more chain. And you're not just a slave to the NFL and the NBA now because of what you have to do for them. You're a slave to your own family because now you got to find ways to move that money around. So when they get those million dollar contracts, now I, I kind of don't feel too bad because they're an entertainer and they're going to have to pay their way. They're going to have to figure it out. But just like me and you, you know, <laughs> just like me and you, they've got to figure some things out. People have won the lottery and literally ran like just ran. <laughs> and that's how, you know, you know, these when I say, you know. You know, OPP, you know, our people's praise. <laughs> That's how you know, really, who's close and, and tight with you. Um, if they've been doing this, this, our people's praise, your people's praise, when it comes time to to have that blessing hit, you know what I mean? Like, those good times hit, you're, um, you're not worried about them. You're like, you know what? They did have my back. They were cool. And that's just the thing. Like, I've got a nice little list of people where if, say, I won the lottery, say I became a millionaire tomorrow, I would know how to bless them and know that I'll be perfectly fine for the rest of my life. And because I know them, they've sown into me greatness. So I would have no problem giving it back. Now, you got the money problems. What about the female side? 
You know, the females are in the man's world. They're in that man's world pay structure. And that's the thing I can honestly say about the female athletes. Um, in in, in the, the female spectrum, um, women are much more cognitive of reality of life. Um, but still, after you worship them, they have to go home and face reality, too. I look at all of the. I'm not going to say BS, but I look at all of the trash that was thrown at Serena Williams, where people were saying this was too much. That was too much. We don't want her, this, blah, blah, blah. And then Bruce Jenner comes out and then goes into the process of becoming transgender and finding that happiness in life. I'm not against anybody's happiness. Bruce Jenner goes from being this dominant Olympic decathlete where, and, and I'm just saying, like, please be honest with me, where you can physically see that he is male and becomes transgender into a female. Where you can see still his attributes are very masculine still. How that compares to saying that Serena is too much, there's too much, and she's barbaric and like a gorilla and all this. I'm like, come, come on, you all. Do you hear yourself? Do you really hear yourself? Like, here is a woman born as a woman that's had a, a beautiful career, a beautiful child. She's an amazing woman, beautiful woman. She's married, and you ridicule her and mock her body? She was born that way. Caitlyn Jenner had to ascend to this transgender position and go through the therapy and go through the procedures and all this stuff for her to be happy. So in the women's spectrum, boy, do they get confronted with reality like no other. And and in my world, where I saw it as an athlete, um, you have your uh, 42-inch hurdles, for the men's international, the women's are 36 inch hurdles. So still to this day, I always wonder why in the WNBA, why the rim isn't nine feet like it originally was for the men instead of 10 feet. Like me personally, I want to see women dunking all over the place in basketball games like that would please me. I would absolutely love that. I understand the difference between men and women. Okay. <laughs> Because of the way women are built and the blessing and the heavenly uh, 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 goodness that you are, we have life on this planet. We have children. This is something that men will never do and don't have the ability to do. We don't have that ability. So I'm not talking about hurdles being lower and the rim being lower. I'm talking about the adjustment to reality. <laughs> um, same thing. You look at school, you look at education and learning, whereas men seem to struggle, young males seem to struggle with attention, and women grasp things faster. We just do things different. It's not better or worse. We just do things different. But when the women have a better soccer team for the country, and you have things like, uh, like say, for example, volleyball to me is always going to be the female sport. It is a female dominated sport. Now I'm sure there's like gymnastics. You can look at that, you know, kind of as female dominant if you want, but like 
you look at like the the football programs for Nebraska and Texas. Um, the football program for Nebraska has not been what it was in 94, uh, 95, and 97 as national champions. But then you have Texas a lot more consistent as a football program. And uh, <laughs> for Nebraska, I don't know. I lost count how many times the volleyball team has won the national championship. And Texas is usually right there to punch them in the mouth and fight them. You don't get more dominant in football than I want to say like Texas, Florida football. Um, but ne- when you compare Nebraska football to Nebraska volleyball, no. <laughs> no, it's not even it's not even close. Like I said, I lost count. And then you have the other aspect, you know, of these women, these these amazing athletes, these Hall of Famers. Can they have children? Will they have children? Do they want to have children? You know, these extreme sports and dating pools, the dating pool is hard. The dating world is hard. You know what I'm saying? You don't know what you're going to (laughs) get. You know, if you've been talking to the same guy since high school, well, I mean, you can kind of check that. You can kind of check that box. You're kind of done. You know, if you guys know each other well enough to say, you know what? I love you. You know, I love you, too. You propose, you get married and it fits. You guys have peace with one another and it fits your your situation, your lives. You're good to go. These professional athletes, these women don't always have that. Same thing with like CEOs and women that are higher up in the company. You, You really don't sit down to date and those timelines just keep moving on you like the intersection just doesn't happen where you can just meet the the person that fits your career, your life. They give you peace, you know, and you guys are just happy together. You know, it's not that it has to be perfect, but you're happy together. So, yeah, you know, you can't worship them. When it comes to our people's praise and your people, it's a little bit more difficult than just, you know, saying, ah, well, you know, they're not this, you know, my, well, my brother is no Tupac or my brother is no Biggie or no Eminem. You know, he's just my brother well, was like, um, your brother gave you a kidney or a liver or whatever you can, can give people. <laughs> it's like, ain't nobody <laughs> that poster you put on your wall of LeBron or uh kill bill of Uma Thurman, like Uma Thurman ain't giving you nothing. The girl from uh resident evil, the Black Widow, uh, uh, Scarlett Johansson, she ain't giving you blood, no blood transfusion. She isn't that Red Cross. Now, if she is, dope. Great. Great job. But they aren't giving you anything. They're working. They go to work. They're no different than the people that makes candles for the Hallmark Company. They're just doing their job. It just happens that in their job, they get elevated and put up so well that you have no choice but to love it and like it. Because it's, it hits all the buttons, all the bells and whistles, you know? And the, the Honestly, the people I feel the, the worst for, I'm going to come back to actresses for a second. Um, like with actors, yeah, they do, you know, like men, males, um, they do kind of have it made. But for women, you know, it's almost a curse to be a beautiful woman in Hollywood because you're thinking, and I know what most people think, you know, I want to be the next Marilyn Monroe, Angelina, Megan Fox, 
you know, whoever that beautiful woman is in Hollywood that just does it for you. You know, you're looking at Halle Berry just thinking, God, like there can't be a more beautiful woman. You know, if, if you grew up looking at like Angela Bassett or, you know, any of these just gorgeous women, um, <laughs> you're going to be nexted by the next. And I remember reading this article about women in Hollywood that it kind of upset me because I, I kind of saw the cycle and I saw how real it was and how uh, misogynistic it is where at 37, you're a woman, they kind of cut the, the rope and say, okay, well, I mean, you've done so much thus far. You know, we had you from 18 to 37. You know, we've had your beauty for 20 years, but it's expired now. They don't do that to the men. I mean, look at the Dosa Keys guy. They can market stuff through him. But can you market stuff through, you know, the cougar, <laughs> you know, through these ladies that are 40 plus? Of course you can. Um, the spectrum of beauty doesn't stop at 37. If anything, it increases at that time because these women start to tell you exactly who they are. And, and to me, nothing could be more sexy than somebody owning their own reality, not just living in it and seeing it and and being in that bubbly, cute part of it, which, which is sexy, but owning all of it like you own it, you know, you own the sensitivity, but you also own the fierceness of it. You know what I mean? So them, I do feel the the, the most for because I mean. Look at what happened with Hollywood with the whole Me Too and Time's Up stuff. It's like you can't really worship them because some of these women are going through just as much or worse than you. And, yeah, you want to buy that popcorn and get that movie. But then when you start reading what's happening or why they don't have roles anymore, you're like, hmm, maybe I am doing better than them. You know, the, the, the singers, songwriters, rappers, more rejection than acceptance. More reviews and laser focus on uh, uh, their joys and sorrows. They have more judgment on everything that they do. They have more pressure to outperform their last success. They're more behind the scenes um, um, in negotiating and the stress than we think. And then people get excited and, and surprised when they see drug and alcohol addiction. So you're forced to close yourself off from the world due to popularity. You know, it's like you got to be a ninja when you're shopping. And, and you know, when women are over-sexualized, that's a hard thing to keep up. I mean, it's a hard thing to keep up. I mean, just think, like men, I mean, let's, let's just be honest, let's be real. Not every guy that I know at 18 with a six-pack still has it. Uh, the, the guy from This Is Us, Justin Hartley, I remember seeing him a long time ago. In the show Smallville, and he was ripped, six-pack abs. He still looks like that today. I don't know what he does. I don't know who he is. I don't know if he's, you know, an Olympian or whatever. But the guy is in phenomenal shape still. I don't know if everybody on the show that was with him still is. You know what I mean? So it's hard to keep all that stuff up. And it's the same with rappers. For me, you get like four to five years of quality shine as a rapper. You know, anything more than that is it's a blessing. 
And if you, you know, if you make it in the household, the, the household name scenario and the favorite status, you know, really the only step up is, you know, that that high level, you know, you're on that high level. Um, if you make it to the goat conversation, hey, and then the last thing, there's so many goats. We should just say thank you, you know, like really. And and of course, these guys want to go out as the greatest rapper alive, you know, but like really the goal is to saturate the market with so much good music that you're you're confused. You have to make a choice and just say, you know what? It's not really about the greatest of all time. It's about who I like the most, who who connects the most with me, whose sound I like the most that resonates with me. And I mean, after you have that, I feel like you have everything. So when it comes to our people's praise, <laughs> let's just take some time and love on the people around us. Now, I hope you realize and you can kind of see like, man, these people go through a lot. They go through a lot, lot. You know, it's it's not easier. You've got to have the internal system. You've got to have your life set up in a way that when you get all this money, you get all this stuff. It doesn't expose more of your problems. More money, more problems. Sound familiar? So just think about it this way. Take who you are right now, who you are right now. And I just multiplied everything times 10. So the way you feel about yourself right now times 10. The money in your bank account times 10. The people that you don't like times 10. The people that don't like you times 10. The home that you're in times 10. Like after you multiply and magnify things to a certain extent, those things multiply and magnify with you. So... (laughs) So what you're seeing when you don't like somebody or, you know, you think they're being too good or they're whole or they're trash or they're Uncle Tom or Coon or selling out. What you're seeing at that point are unresolved issues. You're seeing what would happen to you. You're seeing what would happen to me. You're seeing what would happen to anybody. And those people that are smart enough to just shut up and zip it and stay silent, they're doing so because it's hard. It is hard to speak out and say something because a lot of times they go in on you. And when the, when the agendas and the powers that be don't like what you said and it affects their pocketbook, they got to come at you and find you. So you'll find a lot of people that work quietly um, to support one person or two people um, with exactly what I'm saying. OPP, our people's praise, your people's praise, and being able to just lift up somebody in a way that, you know, shows them that they're valuable, shows them that somebody does care about them. And whether you realize it or not, people are watching you. They are affected by you. They're being lifted up by you and you don't even realize it. And I have people message me and let me know that. They're just like, you know what? I just want to let you know because I'm on other forms of social media I just want to let you know, every morning, you inspire me, you lift me up, and you help me throughout the day. I look forward to this every day. I just wanted to thank you. Hey, our people's praise. I love you. I love you all. I hope you love me back. Please love, like, and share all these messages. Share them with your friends and family. I'll see you soon. Oh, and yeah, have a 
have a great holidays. If nobody says it before uh, me, please have a happy holidays. Eat up, eat well, get a little fat and happy, and then get your six pack back because, you know, need to be sexy for 2021. So, all right, you all, peace and love. I love you all. Hope you love me back. I'll see you soon.